You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you here as a Saturday game awaits. So we're dropping a day early this week here on the podcast. Uh, Colts Steelers on CBS4 if you're in central Indiana this Saturday, 4.30 p.m., chap. What happened the last time the Colts played on Saturday? It's a good question. I remember it because I was there. Uh, but 30, I want to, 33 to nothing? Exactly, yes. I just, the, wanted, to, I just wanted to throw that out The Vikings uh, debacle last year. And Matt, Matt's already shuddering on the other side of the desk here. We're bringing up PTSD. We, we might as well get this out of the way uh, early because I was going to bring that game up later in this podcast, so I'll bring it up now. But it's in relevance to what happened this week between the Titans and the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. The Titans' comeback on the Miami Dolphins was, according to NFL's uh, next-gen stats, the second most improbable comeback of, um, behind, of the era. Behind. No, 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 no. There was another game. The Colts were third actually in that really? one the third most improbable comeback so uh so that that comeback on monday night by the titans was more improbable than down the Colts 14 with three to play right yes exactly down 14 with three to play so actually like it, for for me sitting there last weekend in minnesota after they scored the first touchdown and got the ball back there was to me a hundred percent chance of certainty that that was gonna so that was that was not all that unlikely if you were actually watching the game and you saw what was happening but but I, I get what they're saying from from the sense of uh, statistics wise but anyway we don't have to say that anymore I think Matt's gone catatonic he's not even gonna well, say anything stat wise I mean I remember not too long ago that the Colts <laughs> had a ninety eight percent chance of making the playoffs yeah I remember that in two thousand one yeah just had to win one game just had to make one tackle of Derek Carr catch one pass make one throw no didn't, not sold yourself and sold your yourself in Jacksonville. Jacksonville be able to block one or two of pass rushers. yeah and, and what what a great start to this Colts Blue Zone podcast he, people Matt needs to put a little, a little sub head you know there will be rabbit holes that we go <laughs> yes. down and please stick with us through the first four minutes of this week specifically because it is difficult to do hey and uh, maybe even a little bit longer than that because uh, if we're bringing up last week's game before we really dive into this week against Pittsburgh uh, what, what, what we saw last week chap in Cincinnati was was not what the Colts had been the previous couple weeks uh Everything seemed to go wrong. They were uh, uh, torn apart by the Bengals' offense in uh, in unique ways, and the defense couldn't stop them. The offense couldn't get much going at all. A, a lot of things came to a head in this game that at least from time to time the Colts had struggled with this season. But uh, like I said, it all, all jumbled together. It resulted in what we saw last weekend in Cincinnati. All, all of their flaws were, were exposed in, in in the past it had been well this area hurt them but these other areas covered up this is one where and, and I don't mean it as a, as a as a smack but it will be but Gardner Minshew wasn't a problem last week mm-hmm. for, for the most part it was every when Matt Gay misses two kicks and it was the first time since I believe his rookie year that he missed two kicks of any kind in a game and people were pointing out that well maybe the whole I, I thought I went back and I thought the operation was okay looked fine to me it looked fine to me so it's it's just it's like Shane Steichen said that was a game that none of us wanted to be a part of well you you put it behind we we've talked to players in the locker room they know it was a massive missed opportunity they find a way to win they're tied for first in the AFC South with the way everything else played right. out and it it kept you from really, really fortifying where you are. Everything's still there because of the way everything else played out. Right. I think that's an important point to, to emphasize, Matt, that even though the Colts laid an egg last week, they still got help from other teams. And that's what we uh, focused on a lot last week, that the Colts were getting a lot of help from other teams in the AFC. And they still did with Jacksonville losing, with Houston losing. Um, and, and even though Cincinnati beat them, they're still technically behind them in the playoff standings, even though they're tied at 7-6 and six because it's a multiple-way tie and there's a lot of things that go into that. So uh, the Colts still find themselves in a position where they quote-unquote control their own destiny for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing – Stepping away from this game is even though they they did blow an opportunity, man, to go to eight and five here just really would have separated yep. from the pack because you've got six teams right now all cluttered up at seven and six, which means you have all these multiple tiebreak scenarios going into play. You've got four games left, but I, I will say it was looking at some of the playoff scenarios for the Colts. If they win out, they have a greater than ninety nine percent chance of getting it. Now I don't think anybody in this room believes the Colts will win out. 
it's one of those things that could happen because it's been kind of a weird right. season. Things could go. If they uh, beat everybody but Houston, 71% chance okay. of getting into the playoffs. If they lose to the Steelers and win out, 87% chance to get in. Uh, if they lose to Atlanta and beat everybody else, 96% yeah. chance to get in. Lose to the Raiders because of an AFC application there, even though they're not in the race, right. 88%. Right. So three of their last four games against AFC teams – those are the key ones they need yeah. to bang on and win those games. Yeah, it's the Atlanta ones, the least, quote-unquote, least important. Because of right, conference. But exactly. Right. 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 Because, because when you have all these teams clustered up, that conference record becomes right. super, super well, that, That's why the Colts are seven right now, because mm-hmm. they've right. got a better conference right. record. They, they, they and Pittsburgh have five – they're five and four in the conference. And then because of that, then you go to common games right. between yeah, the Steelers yeah. and, and the Steelers. I really think Saturday is an elimination game. I really do. I, I agree. I think one of these teams. I think the Colts can still get in. I think three and one gets the Colts in. Mm-hmm. I just do. Mm-hmm. But if Pittsburgh loses, I their schedule is tough. So I, I think this is one where you say it's not not winning in, but losing out. I think that's pretty uh, uh, realistic. And, and those percentages that I ran down, those are just exclusive to the Colts game. That, 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 that does Colts. not factor in. What other teams do because you know you could have another team, one of these seven and six teams, go on a losing streak, and then that opens the door for somebody right. else. Or as well. a winning streak to put you. You know, or, Den- or Den- Denver's got an easy right. schedule, so it's right. and Buffalo's got a brutal schedule. So it, it's but it's so it's it, it's so much better to be talking about this and conference records and uh, instead of saying you know if they lose one more there now they move from seven to five in, in the draft Which position. Which is what we did last year. We've done it, yeah, and it's, it's it's interesting, but it's just not what you want to be doing. Yeah, you you no. could be Carolina or New England right now, and just eliminated already from the playoffs, and right. already looking to next season and what you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. So it's better, much better to be in this position. Tyquan Lewis this week for the Colts named the Ed Block Courage Award recipient for the team. He's suffered season-ending patellar injuries in both the last two years, 2021 on the best play of his career, and then on tw- in 2022, which was more of a not an innocuous play, but uh, has been very good. And this year, uh, he has three sacks, six tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hits, which I believe is his career high. Uh, Tyquan has always been chap solid when he's been on the field he's been exactly what the Colts want of him is a rotational defensive uh, line player who can play outside play inside he has a role when he is healthy like he he wears the scars on his knees for uh, you you see the evidence of why he won this award uh, every day that you 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 look at him in the locker room and uh, from his teammates perspective certainly the most um, the most deserving uh, recipient of this award yeah it's it's about overcoming and he's overcome the last two years. I remember, to, and I think the reason he has, we talked to him going into two years ago before the first patella, and he was he had been inconsistent and just not quite. And he he really went into how he 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 focused on the mental aspect and getting his head together, I guess, because he had gone through some. I don't say depression. I, I don't want to make too much of it. But he really got himself together internally, and we saw him playing really well before the first patella. And as I said, he's a guy you you just pull for because he he's a really a great guy. He does things the right way. He's he's never whined about you know why me again. He just sort of deals with what's in front of him. And as you mentioned, he, he's not he's not a starter. Nope. But but there's not much of a drop off. When you put him in there, and, and he's really good in the nickel because he gets pressure, and it's it's just really good to see. And what I believe he signed a one-year contract again last. Mm-hmm. So, last two years so, he so here he is again. Yep. And in my mind, he's one of those guys, those five or six guys they've got that you try to resign. Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, with, with Taekwon in, in this sense, Matt, like you you don't just need four good defensive linemen. It's not like the offensive line where you have your five guys and they're set for the entire game. You need really two units of defensive line, whether that's six guys, if you're in a three, four or, or eight guys, if you're in a four, three, that, uh, cause those guys are, are real workhorses to, to have to explode the way they do and that's the fight only position offensive they do linemen. That, exactly. It's, the the, it's, it's a very unique, every position in the NFL is, is unique, but but the reason the defensive line is unique is how how much fight goes into that position uh, on a day, on a game on a play by play basis rather in order to be successful. So yeah, l- l- offensive linemen they play a hundred percent. 
Yeah. And Michael Pittman may play 95%. Yep. If your defensive line rotation's working, Buck plays 78, 80%, and right. that's where it's at. It's You seldom see a, a, a lineman on defense playing 85, 90%. Mm-hmm. Very rare. And uh, so Taekwon has his role. It's been it's an important role. And like you said, I, I think since he's staying healthy, I, I assume that he gets some kind of contract offer from the Colts this offseason. Good because, for him. I mean, Chris Ballard's given him a contract when, when he's been injured, and you yeah, don't they, know what's they happening. They obviously like him as, yeah. as a player and as, as, a, as a dude, right. I mean, in the locker room and everything. So as they he, he's, he, he'd be a good one to, to keep around just because you get some production from him, and then he just helps your depth as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this week he is going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-6, and six, ranked third in the AFC North right now, which is – Maybe the best division in football, if you look uh, all around. Uh, you can make an argument just the top-heavy NFC East with both the Cowboys and the Eagles, but after that, it really drops off. So, like one through one through four in in the uh, in the AFC North have been tough outs at some points of this year, especially one through three. And uh, and they've been seven and six. And if the playoffs started today, they would be in. They would be in above the Colts at the at the six seed because of where they are. But they have lost three of their last four. They are not playing well, chap. And, and so this is probably the good time to get the Steelers. The NFL is a lot about when you play teams. The Colts got the Ravens at a good point early this year before they really got on a heater and found out what's working for them. Maybe they're getting the Steelers at the right time too. The fact that they've lost three of their last four games. Well, and again, it's, it's how long has Tomlin been the coach there? Is it? 15 years, whatever it is, mm-hmm. never had a losing season. Never had a losing season. They, they they simply they find ways to do what they have to do to stay relevant in contention, and here they are again. They weren't they weren't an offensive, you know, they they weren't much of an offensive team before Kenny Pickett got hurt, mm-hmm. and now with Trubisky, it's just, again I I it's we've talked about this so much has the, the Colts have had so many injuries, you know. Nothing cries out that or points at that more than Richardson and Taylor have played one snap. Mm-hmm. Richardson's missed all these games. Uh, JT's played six games or he's missed six games. Yet here they are, but and that's what where Pittsburgh is, and it, it's just which team can 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 now say not lose it because you've got to find ways to win it. But it's really kind of amazing that the Steelers, as bad as they've been, as bad as they've been on offense. They're right there, and and they probably look at the Colts the same way the Colts look at them. Yeah, I, I one of my favorite stats that I've ever heard. I heard I think it was on the Pat McAfee show early this year with the Steelers, and it, this wasn't like two or three games into the season. This was like six or seven games into the season when they were I don't know five and two or something at that point. And, and the stat was in every game they had been outgained on offense, but they were still like five and two. They were still one of the best teams in the AFC North at that point. And that, that speaks to like a team that can turn it on and find a way to win. And that's what they've done under Tomlin. Like you said, they have found ways to make the best out of what they had. And, and that goes to what he's established there in his 15 years as a head coach. It's just hard to see how have they been so bad on offense. Yeah. But that starts with, with, with erratic quarterback play. The running game has been, I think they're, they're like right with the Colts, 110 some yards a game, whatever it is. So, uh, again, this this is one where you, you just, in, again, I think both teams look at this, make, make the quarterback do things. You know, the Steelers want to make Minshew do things. And the Colts have got to make Trubisky, you know, you know tr- carry a lot of the load and not let them get Harris and their running game going. And you're back at home, which – They've not. The Colts have not had a great record at home. Nope, to be honest. So, but three of the last four at home, it's got it's got to start Saturday. It just has to. Kenny Pickett is out. Mitch Trubisky in a quarterback with Mason Rudolph, the backup there in Pittsburgh. Uh, so they're on their backup quarterback as well. Another thing going against them, which is what has led them to some struggles in last week in particular, uh, losing to the two and ten Patriots, I believe it was last week, and then losing to another two and ten team the week before. I don't know. Was that the was that the Panthers? It was, or was Arizona. It, Arizona. Excuse me. Yeah, you're right. It was the uh, it was the Cardinals. So yeah, uh, not not feeling at home. At home. Both games at home. <laughs> yeah, both at home. Yeah, yeah right at uh, Old Three Rivers. There, the uh, confluence what, of the what's Ohio. It, what's it called now? The Allegheny. I have. It's not even Heinz Field anymore. It's no. not, it's some other company. I don't know. Like it, it's some Pittsburgh. I, I, money, I don't money, know. Money talks. Exactly. It does. It, 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 you have uh, iconic names like Heinz Field. That uh, and even before that, Three Rivers Stadium, like I said. But like you said, it's uh, 
It's all a- about Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, I'm never calling it that. I, I promise you that. Uh, that that is not something that's going to roll off the tongue all too well. It says formerly and colloquial known, co- colloquially known Con- as Heinz Field. Here we go. Colloquially, yeah, is Heinz Field. Yeah, so what, people, people there still call it Heinz. Good Field. for that. I they bet they the, do. They had the big ketchup bottle that was like yes, on the side yeah, of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. So you I, guys can name it what you want. We're calling it Heinz Field. It's kind of like the Hoosier Dome was for a lot of people. Yes. Still the right. Hoosier Dome. Even when it was the RCA Dome. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So uh, the last meeting between these teams was, in fact, just last year, a Monday night football game where the Colts fell behind 16 to three, but then took a third quarter lead 17 16 before then things came apart uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and they ended up losing that game to the Steelers here during the uh, the home stretch, the uh, uh, what's it called? The Jeff Saturday era of uh, of Indianapolis Colts football. Uh, one of those. How losses. many eras have we been through here? We've and... been through too many eras. Yes. Uh, Matt points out this was a Jelani Woods game, uh, an eight catch for 98 yards game that we still haven't seen uh, any sort of production. And at this point, don't don't hold your breath for for any Jelani Woods uh, this year. It's yeah. red, I, red it's, shirt season, yeah, I guess, completely out the door right now. Uh, but but we also mentioned that uh, something we heard in the locker room this week uh, for some better news, uh, chap, on the injury front that you heard. Yeah, the, uh, I I was talking to Reggie Wayne. Whenever Reggie's available on on, on during the week, we talk to him because he's. He's Reggie. He's Reggie. But guys in the locker room, George Brimmer from Anderson, he said they talked to uh, Juju Brents, and he said he expects to play. Either he expects or I'm going to play, whichever it was. Now, normally, players are guys you don't go to. to But but we talked to Juju last week when he practiced. Was he limited last week? I don't remember. But he practiced, and we all talked to him, and I didn't think he would play last week. He'd, He'd missed. Six weeks, whatever, a bunch. with that quad. I think, yeah, five. This or is six. different. This is different. He's had time, and they need him. They, they, they. Uh, Daryl Baker's played well. Mm-hmm. I think he's played very well. I think so too. Actually, yeah, last few weeks he's really played. I think Jalen Jones has sort of fallen off a he little bit. He hit a bit, bit of a rookie wall, like, right? Yeah, Which like, I is, think so. And what was he a seven? Which is fine, but he's yeah. also faced. He also faced Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins, he's like we pointed really good uh, last. Th- those yeah. are per- those are big walls on on their own, right? Exactly. But no, he getting him back would be would be huge. Uh, I think that's what they're kind of hoping for with, with JT. You know, I, I don't think he plays this week. I we've not. I think he's been out there maybe the last. I've not seen him this week yet. I haven't seen him in the locker room. Braden so. Smith. I don't think he plays. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your but, breath. But the idea is is stay relevant, stay in contention, and boy, for the last game or two, get these guys back. And then in the playoffs, you just don't know. Yeah, but getting Juju back would be would be huge. It's been such a tough rookie season from him from the broken wrist in college to the hamstring in training camp mm-hmm. and then he plays and then he did he tweak the hamstring again and then yeah, he comes back so. then and then the quad so quad yeah not knee quad he, he, getting good players back is always a bonus and, and when when it's your top two draft picks that you made this year, Anthony Richardson and then Juju Brents, like it's been disappointing, obviously, for both of them. Uh, if we look back on this year, obviously, still plenty more to be written for Juju. But uh, if it comes down to it that that he's limited for the rest of the year, I mean, those are the two guys that you want to see, you want to develop. You, you the most. drafted yeah. him early for a reason, very much so. So, like, and, and you look at the draft class; they've gotten really good production from Josh Downs, going through sort of a quiet period. Blake Freeland. Better than expected, I would Holy say. Holy smokes, where, where would they have been had he not? Now, he had a tough go at left tackle, but at right tackle, he's he stepped in and played pretty well for Braden Smith. Yep, not too bad. So uh, that's where they are right now. The Colts wore their 1956 throwback uniforms last year against the Steelers. They will do the same this Saturday against them as well. Uh, anything that you can do to try to snap an eight-game losing streak to Pittsburgh, dating back to what is it, 2008, 2005? It was some, somewhere back there. They've won three times against Pittsburgh since they moved to Indy. That's it. Just three. And the, the, it's a, the, a cute little trivia thing is they've only won with a quarterback wearing number 18. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning twice, and fans would probably know who the other one is. Who was the other quarterback wearing 18? I do not recall. It was way back in 1984. I know that. Mike Pagel. Pagel. Okay. Mike Pagel. Okay. So, but they, they're like 2-18 and 18 since then. And it's just – and a couple – remember some of, some of those games uh, when – Roethlisberger would throw for like a zillion yards and yep. six touchdowns. In Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown would, would catch twenty-seven off, balls. Would go yeah, off, just just destroy them. So, but again, this is it's just one of those that it's like every team has somebody. 
you know, for so long the Colts just whipped up on Houston mm-hmm. and Tennessee. And Tennessee, both for the of them most had part. their eras, yeah. And then they always had trouble with Jacksonville. This is one of those where <laughs> – Something's never changed. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a rabbit hole we're not going down. Nope, no intention. No, no. uh, until maybe the first round of the playoffs when, exactly. you know, they, we'll could be, they could be there. In Jacksonville. Right. Oh, oh God. You, you, will not, you will not be going. <laughs> You'll tie me to the I will call management and say, you know, Dave's busy that weekend. Anybody I don't know else. what he's doing. Anybody else? Say, we'll, we'll put you in the guest room, Dave. It's very nice yes, there. Uh-huh. And then the door locks behind him, <laughs> and they put a, they, they slide water we'll, we'll, and yeah, we'll slide bread and water under the door. Thank you. But but Pittsburgh's just been a tough out for him. I, I don't know whether it's it, it, it's funny how whenever it's Pittsburgh, they play such a, an aggressive physical. They do, but every I mean, some teams aren't physical. I mean, every team watch them play. Mm-hmm. Zaire Franklin's a physical player. Michael yep. Pittman's a physical player. But the Steelers have that defense, and they just – one of the reasons that you can have a crappy offense is you've got a defense, kind of like last week with the Bengals. They had a defense that was like top two in takeaways, mm-hmm. and Trey Hiddenson can have five or six plays, maybe more than that last week. And they just make up for offensive deficiencies. And these guys with Highsmith and, and Watt, they just they just change games, mm-hmm. and and with with Watt and Highsmith, they are both in concussion protocol. They were both limited in Tuesday's practice or, uh, earlier this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for some more news and notes throughout the week for injuries and updates through there. It has been rare this year that teams are or that players, excuse me, are able to come back from a concussion the very week after they sustained it. But it has happened a couple times. Uh, the one thing that both of those guys have going for them is the concussions they stained were on Thursday night. So they have the Colts have a short week. The Steelers still have a long week because they played Thursday night instead of this past Sunday. So both those guys get an extra couple of days to to feel better. But uh, it, go 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 ahead, Chad. Yeah, and we'll we'll re, you know we'll, we'll monitor the, the the injury report today tomorrow. And with concussions, you just don't know because a couple of weeks ago uh, Ryan Kelly. Uh, practiced all week, and you thought he practiced okay, practiced in full. I thought on right, Friday, and he practiced yeah. on Friday, and then he didn't didn't you know pass that independent neurological thing. So to, to say they would be game time, we may not know until Friday if then mm-hmm. whether those two guys uh, are available. Is it a little, little different with road games where the Steelers will have to announce if these players made the trip? Right. So if they make the trip, I think there's a really good chance they play. You would certainly assume so. With the uh, the TJ Watt situation is one that's uh, coming under a bit of scrutiny this that's week. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and I'll explain it why Chat thinks it's crazy if you're if you're unfamiliar. The very first play I think it was of the game last week for the Steelers against the Patriots. Uh, T.J. Watt takes, I believe it was a knee to the face, basically, an Ezekiel Elliott knee to the face, knocked him out of the game for a couple plays, and uh, then he came back into the game with a more tinted visor on. And as anyone who has spent a second thinking about concussions in the NFL knows for the past 10, 15 years, one of the clear signs of a concussion is sensitivity to light. So I'm just spitting facts here. I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I'm just telling you exactly what happened here as he gets hit in the head, goes to the sideline, needs a more tinted visor to come out and keep playing football for the rest of the day. And then the next day on Friday comes in and is complaining about concussion symptoms. That is the it's timeline. A ba- it's a bad, it's just a bad look for it's the Steelers. It's a very bad look. In the league. Yes. And the league, I, I saw today a headline that uh, the steel, that there is a investigation or whatever. Uh, and I think that's standard operating procedure right. for, for concussion reporting is there typically is an investigation as to whether things worked out well. So that's not unique to the situation. It's just a unique situation. I think that is more, uh, more questionable than some others uh, are well, typically. It, it's a little bit, it, it's different, but reminds me a little bit. I mean, uh, Gardner Minshew last week, uh, came up a little bit wobbly and we never, uh, we never yeah, saw him 100%. Uh, get, get pulled out of the game yep. with uh, an independent neurologist on the sideline saying, Hey, uh, this guy's showing some stuff. Maybe we ought to pull him out. Good point. You know, and, and nothing really happened with Gardner. Now he, you know, after the game basically just kind of shrugged it aside, but right. you know, during the game, I'm like, gosh, I think he got up a little wobbly there. I, I couldn't tell if he got up wobbly or if he just sort of Stumble. Somebody it, it, it said maybe, maybe this too. is an unathletic guy trying to get to us. <laughs> I don't know. But normally if there's any question at all, right. they pull these guys out. And take a look. And take a look. Right. Yeah, even if there's nothing there, it's usually, 
you know, take a play or two off, go to the tent, you know, do the do yeah. the eye test, whatever, and then go from there. Right. And that did not happen. I remember that like, that was definitely a play <laughs> in that game because you see him stumble, and then immediately you're thinking, is Sam oh, Ellinger going to have to come yeah. in here? Warm up yeah. that shoulder, Sam. Exactly. Um, offensive rankings for the Colts and the Steelers as they get set to face each other this Saturday. Steelers are 27th in the NFL in scoring, only 16 points per game. Colts are still uh, in the top 10, ranking 8th, 24 points per game this year. Passing yards, Steelers are among the worst in the league. Uh, 28th in the NFL, averaging less than 180 yards through the air in per game. In today's NFL. In today's NFL, less than 180 yards through the air. The Colts are averaging 226 yards per game. That is good for 17th. Rushing yards. Steelers, we say they're a rushing team, and they're a good rushing team, but they're still middle of the pack in the NFL, which just speaks to their offensive struggles this year. They are 15th in the NFL in rushing, uh, 112.8 yards per game. Colts are 16th right behind them, 110.5 yards per game. The Steelers do average 4.2 yards per rush. Colts are 4.1 yards per rush, so very I, comparable there. And, and I do think with the Steelers, I was reading their media guide, and they said since week nine, uh, their running game has been uh, one of the top ones in the league, and I think there's only been one game where they didn't get like 130-some yards. Okay. It, so, so they've... In the last few weeks, they've really found something there. Okay, that, that's important to note for sure. Um, big plays, the Steelers have 42. The uh, Colts have 46, so similar there. Uh, 11 rushing, 31 passing for the Steelers. 9 rushing, 37 passing for the Colts. Again, very comparable numbers uh, between those teams and the, the splits there. Uh, they got a few more big plays rushing yards, uh, rushing-wise, rather, excuse me. And the, the Colts' defense has given up quite a few big plays this year. 54, I'm sure, is not one of the best in the NFL with a uh, uh, eight rushing, 46 passing uh, on the year. Other side of the ball, the defense. Uh, the Steelers this year are ranked seventh in the NFL, giving up only 19.2 yards per game, what you'd expect from Pittsburgh. Colts 29th, allowing 25.4 points per game. So uh, two, uh, two units that are very much on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, total defensive yards, the Steelers are still... Is this right, Matt? I don't think that, that yeah, is. Uh, that, that's not right. It, I don't, I don't I know. I because plug the number in. Um it, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll table that for a second. Yeah, yeah, no. uh, passing defense, because that was, that was what uh, last week was. The, yeah, that, that, was yeah. that was the Bengals number right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, passing defense, the Steelers are 21st in the league. Colts are 17th, both averaging about 226 yards per game. Um, and rushing defense, Steelers also 21st. Um, Colts are 26th uh, they, in yards They've got to get this run defense they do. The run, tightened up. They just yeah, exactly. They, they were better last week. But this the Steel, was 111. The, yeah, the, the the Bengals found something with the screen game, which is what we were talking about just a little bit before chap as we were coming in. Like they, that they made they made that their their running game, uh, their big play running game for sure. Because they had those three plays for 120 yards, just gashed them over and over again. There, it's still not great for the, the Steelers, but it is better than that number. Uh, 21st in the league, 344 yards per game. Okay, there you go. On on, on uh, total defense. Okay, there. so yeah. so there we go. Uh, slightly better than than 32nd. Yeah, 32nd. Was, uh, yeah, that was that was definitely was like, is not right. Like we no. said, that no, was not last nearly week's 400 yards a game one. like no. the Bengals were giving up. No. Uh, so the Steelers' defense better than that. They are plus 10 in takeaways. Very good number. 21 takeaways. Biggest, biggest category in, in season-long yep. success rate. Yep. It makes a big difference when you can turn over the other team. It doesn't matter how many yards you give Bengals, up. They had 19 takeaways last, last or going into last yes. game. Right. The Colts are only plus one. It's always better to be plus than minus, like I always say. But 21 takeaways, <laughs> the same number as the Steelers. 20 turnovers but it's committed Ouch. 20 turnovers which is not, not what you like to see and 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 those are those have led to other team success all year all year long yeah, uh, St Steelers and the Colts both uh top five in turnovers yeah on, on defense so. so takeaways or takeaways right yeah. right yeah yeah um and they got what did they get one last week the Colts mm -hmm. Ronnie yep. Harrison yep Ronnie let's go but EJ Speed might be back this week, so we might see a little bit less Ronnie uh, out and, there. And that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. No EJ Speed to Ronnie. Has, has played exceptional all year. Yeah. They, they need EJ out there. And EJ's a great sideline-to-sideline side player. I, like I said also before uh, before we started off, they, there's – I think there's a good chance that the Bengals, those three screens that went for 120, 130 yards, do not happen the way they do if EJ Speed is playing in that game because well, he's first, a good sideline to sideline pass defense run, uh, linebacker. The first one doesn't happen if they call the guy for blocking him in the back. Blocking well, there's in that. The back. Yes, there's that too, but um, but alas, uh, that is not meant to be. 
On offense, the Steelers uh, look like a backup quarterback. Mitch Trubisky, 463 yards passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions in this uh, this season, playing in parts of four games. Had one start, which was just last week, as they started the post-Kenny Pickett uh, era, at least for this year. Yeah, here, here's uh, for that, Dave, just uh, week four at Texans, Pickett uh, left with injury, so Trubisky played. Week eight versus Jags, Pickett left with injury, so Trubisky plays. Got week it. 13, Cardinals, Pickett leaves with injury. Yeah. Trubisky plays. Then last week, uh, he uh, Pickett was out, so Trubisky got the start. All right. Najee Harris is the workhorse running back, 690 yards on the ground, averaging four yards per carry, has scored four touchdowns, also 24 he, catches. He, he, he's like, to me, Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. If you're not careful, he will carry a game. He's that, he's that good of a running back. Jalen Warren, 612 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. is also running it pretty well, too. Uh, three touchdowns for him. 42 catches, more of the guy that can come in and be your change of pace guy. So they've split it up a good deal between both of those two and have found success on the running in the running game uh, going back and forth between them. Kind of more along the lines, if you saw, like, like the real balance between Jonathan Taylor and, and Naheem Hines of the past couple of years here in the Colts and those few games where we saw both of them really uh, be effective. Uh, the Steelers have found a couple of those games this year to, to get the right balance between both the, the power back, the thunder and lightning, so to speak, uh, and, and have been one of the best teams in the NFL running the ball the past couple of weeks, as Matt pointed out just a bit ago. Uh, George Pickens, the leading receiver, 49 catches this year, 767 yards, has three touchdowns and uh, 16 receptions of 20 plus yards. He's a guy that can beat you deep for sure that you have to pay attention to on a play-by-play basis. Deontay Johnson, 37 catches, 475 yards, three touchdowns for him, seven receptions uh, of 20-plus yards. If you're a head coach or an offensive coordinator, wouldn't George Pickens just drive you crazy? Well, yes. When you see the talent and what he can do, and from all indications in Pittsburgh, he's just a pain in the butt. Just a head case. Just a head Last week, just yelling at people on the sidelines, like completely losing his cool. Yeah, Pittsburgh's lost two games in a row. They're frustrated. Right. But what you're doing is not is not the right way to go about this. And we talked to the Colts, you know, after that draft, and and they they did not. He turned them off with his personal visit. And they George thought, Pickens, yes. George Pickens, yes. And it's like, no, we're not, we're not gonna we're not gonna mess with this. Mm-hmm. So sometimes talent is not enough to make you a great player. But having said that. Pickens can he can he can take the top off and yep. really and really hit the with those with those shot plays. Yep, he can be a game breaker if given the opportunity. Just hasn't had the opportunity as much this year. Uh, so, but but like you said, the the the, the threat is there uh, for sure. And you would much rather have them try to run down the field with Harrison Warren than you would four point two carry instead of thirty exactly right on one play or two plays whatever it might be on defense the Steelers leading tackler is a uh, Alandon Roberts 86 tackles this year safety Mika Fitzpatrick still there he's played forever I think so feels like it yeah exactly and he's made a couple big plays against the Colts too 64 tackles for him safety DeMonte Kazee six, uh, 56 rather um, tackles this year sacks TJ Watt is the going away leader and is second in the NFL, in fact, with 14 sacks. Uh, a- another Watt coming to Indianapolis with uh, with ill intentions. Um, next up, Alex Highsmith with six and then Marcus Golden with three. So that's why we, we, we stress that both of those top two sack men uh, are in concussion protocol as of now in the middle of the week. Uh, don't know how that's going to play out, but I, I I know that how it plays out is going to have a big impact, chap, one way or the other on how this game turns out this weekend. Yeah, and, and that was mentioned to Gardner Minshew, and, and you, you you prepare that they're going to play. Yep. You just have to. Uh, again, there's there's four or five players that, that have the capabilities of, of just turning a game. He's done it time after time, and the, the Boses and Khalil Mack and these guys, they, they just make plays, and you hold them down for 45 plays, and on the 45th or 46th, they, they get a strip sack, and then you're going the other way. And when you got an offense like Pittsburgh that's struggling, the last thing you want is to give them a short field or free points or whatever. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be checking the, the Watt High. And, and again, Highsmith has quality as well. So it's it's really you know pivotal on whether these guys play or not. But if they play, you gotta you gotta block. You gotta limit what they, they're gonna do damage. Limit how much damage they create. The Steelers are tied for fifth in the NFL with the Colts. In fact, with a 13 interceptions this year, 
but uh, it's come from a slew of different players because no one has more than two picks uh, on the Steelers team. So it's not like you avoid one side of the field. There's not Revis Island here. Uh, I would suggest not throwing it to Minka Fitzpatrick and having him return it 100 yards for a touchdown. What was it? Was it 100 yards? I don't know. Next? It was close. It was it was near the end zone. That's for sure. It was definitely in the red zone. Brian Hoyer, who was that? That was Hoyer. Yeah, Hoyer came in in that game in Pittsburgh for an injured Jacoby Brissett. That the Colts still should have won. Yep, that uh, Anna Vinatieri missed a field goal late. That I don't think was a he, very long field he, goal. And, that he, and he missed it. Yeah, it was, mean, that was just a miss. 100 percent a miss. And, uh, and, and I was there. That was less than fun in the locker room, both talking to him and talking to Jacoby Brissett, who was less than enthused about talking about his injury, uh, to say oh, the that least. that was a sprained knee. Yeah, exactly. And, and that kind of did that cold season in there. Because, yes. Uh, Jacoby at that point uh, was playing pretty yep. well, uh, well enough, yes. you know, to, yes. to get them going. Yep. They were 5-2, and two, I think, at that point that year. So, yeah. That was the game also. I remember that Hasselback came in and just got pulverized over on the Pittsburgh bench sideline. And nobody went to his defense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but no, that was an, another game that, that they should have won against Pittsburgh. But you sometimes you find ways to lose, and yep. a lot of times the Colts have found ways to lose against Pittsburgh. Their playoff picture: the Colts are seventh in the AFC playoff standings with four games remaining. They play at home against the Steelers in Atlanta on Christmas Eve, then at home against the Raiders, at home against the Texans. There are six teams, as Matt pointed out earlier today, with seven and six records in the AFC. The Colts, the Steelers, the Texans, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Bills. And if you were to ask yourself before the season, Bengals and Bills would be the two favorites, obviously. But right now, there's a jumble uh, here. Cleveland's eight and five, so they're sort of right there, too. They're right above them, and the Colts were just... Had that opportunity last week, yep. and really, I, I can't even say they were a hair's breadth away, but they, they could because they weren't that close last week. But they had the opportunity to be eight and five and just let it slip through their fingers. One of the crazier things about that game is, you know, they got down fourteen to nothing, and you, you're sort of thinking, "Oh boy, well here we go. This is their bad game of the season." Then all of a sudden, hey. they, they have this one minute section that gets them even back at fourteen right. to fourteen. Yep, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, maybe these guys are going to do it again," and then the second half, just forget about it. Nope, nope. And, and if you look at all all of these six teams here with these records, you figure maybe two of them uh, is the is the would be the uh, probably, probably yeah would get in the playoffs. And so it depends on what happens down the stretch. And Chap, as you pointed out, uh, like opponent records is going to be important because the Bills the Bills have a uh, a murderer's row down they the stretch. Dallas this week, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So they they're it's not easy for them. The Broncos, it is an easy schedule. Like the Colts, it's a last place schedule uh, because they were last place in their uh, in their division last year. Um, the Texans have to play the Colts. The Colts week have to play the Texans. Be massive. That could be a win in your end scenario Correct. right there between these teams. And uh, again, we're talking about playing teams at the right time. The Colts played the Texans at the right time earlier this year before they got going, really, in the middle of the season. Before the quarterback got going. Exactly. And who knows what it's going to look like and, at the end of the year. And that might have been the Colts' only easy win of the season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't think of it. Yeah, any, it was back, an back in week two, and, yeah. and um, they got those early touchdowns from Richardson, and then right. Minshew just kind of uh, coasted them the rest of the way there. Everything mm-hmm. else uh, since then has been a real struggle. It's been hard, yes. a- a- as you would expect from, from this franchise. Not easy. That is the abnormal uh, weekend when you can uh, sit back and relax in the uh, late third and, and fourth quarters uh, all the way to the finish line there. Um so, so that's going to be a, a continual thing that we look at uh, every week here. And the good news for the Colts is, uh, they, like I said, they have games against the Steelers, the Raiders. Um, I mean, they have games against uh, the yeah the Steelers and the Texans uh, here down the stretch. Three, so or four, two, three or four at home. That's what you want. And three or four at home. Uh, even though the Colts have played better on the road this year. Uh, you, I think you would still Last rather. Last week excluded. Yeah, exactly. Last week excluded. Yeah, we don't have to talk about I that mean, anymore. It's, it's all set up there for them. So if, if, they, if they don't make the playoffs this year, then they've got nothing but uh, themselves to blame for it because they, they had their opportunity to do it. Yep. Uh, uh, injuries. We'll uh, touch on that on Tuesday's walkthrough practice. Braden Smith did not practice with his knee injury. Jonathan Taylor did not practice with his thumb uh, after uh, still recovering from surgery. Jalen Jones, the rookie corner, was limited with an ankle injury. And uh, Juju Brent practiced in full in Tuesday's walkthrough. Like Chap said, he's saying to this week that he's going to play uh, in the locker room. Um, alongside DeForest Buckner was in full with a back injury, tight end Will Mallory with a rib, EJ Speed full uh, with a knee injury. So it could be worse, uh, could be better, but uh, certainly could be worse 
than uh, what the Colts are putting on their uh, injuries uh, early this week, injured list early this week. Uh, for the Steelers, uh, did not practice Najee Harris on Tuesday. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, who's out. Uh, uh, Landon Roberts, their uh, tackler, leading tackler at linebacker, a groin injury, did not practice. And uh, their guard, Isaac Sayumalo, uh, with a shoulder injury, did not practice. Uh, limited action, defensive tackle, Keanu Benton with an oblique. Defensive tackle, Cam Hayward, who's wrecked a couple of Colts games in the past at the groin. Linebacker, Alex Highsmith with his concussion. Linebacker, TJ Watt with his concussion. And a safety, DeMonte Kazee with his ankle injury. Full participant in practice, cornerback James Pierre with the shoulder. So they have a couple of pretty important players who are on that list that we're going to have to pay attention to for the rest of this week. Chap, what are you looking at there? Just looking at updates from practice today. Uh we don't know full limited, but Brent's, EJ Speed, and Jalen Jones are practicing. Okay. Uh, no JT, no Braden Smith. They're, they're just not going to play. I don't think so. They're yeah, not going to play. No way. There's no way. Uh, and again, why don't you put guys on IR now? Because that's the end of the season. So if you don't need the roster spot, which we've talked about this, people say, well, why didn't you? Well, they, they miscalculated on Braden and who else was it early? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Jelani. But guys who missed extensive time. Now you put them on IR, it's four games. Now right. you can come back for the for the playoffs, but they don't. They just don't need the roster spot. With the way you can you can maneuver practice squad players, you just don't need the active roster spot. So I, it's 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 get these guys healthy, and then hopefully the last couple of weeks they come back and make a difference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always it's always great to get qualities players back anytime. But boy, in, in mid December, late December, that's that's just. A super boost. Yep. Colts host the Steelers at 4.30 p.m. The game airs on CBS4 here in central Indiana. Our coverage starts at 3 p.m. with Colts 360, but that's going to be a heck of a day um, on, on CBS4 here in central Indiana because it starts with Indiana, Kansas. At least you hope it's good if you're an Indiana fan here. Uh, at, uh, at a noon, I believe it is, or maybe 12.30, and that goes right into um, – uh, into Colts coverage, Colts 360, Colts Blue Zone pregame show, NFL Today, uh, Colts uh, here on uh, on CBS4 taking on the Steelers. Uh, the Colts are, I believe, they were a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game um, from, from what I saw before uh, before we came on here. I actually checked this week, Dave, and hey. yes, that, that's what it was, two-and-a-half-point favorites. And I think the number was 42, so they're anticipating something along the lines of a 22-20 ball game, which like these are the numbers that we yes. say like every week. <laughs> every week. Every every week. week. <laughs> And, and and like I said, the uh, the the ceilings in Vegas are painted uh, plated in gold for for a very good reason. Amazing, because they get it pretty darn close to accurate. And there's always one or two plays that are that are uh, important. Which brings me to the Army Navy game this past week. I don't know if you guys were watching I Army didn't Navy. Watch it. Okay, well we were watching like Army Navy like almost always hits the under. Almost always hits the under. And there were there were some late points in that game. Like it was like thirteen to three throughout most of the game. They scored like that many points and then they scored like 17 points super late and 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 it hit the over on like the last play of the game because there was a safety on the last play of the game oh like they lose needed... a bet on a safety yeah. safety yeah so oh, like, like like literally they the art like i think it was art no navy was trying to punch it in for a touchdown they were on the one yard line or they were inside the five and they tried a quarterback sneak on fourth and goal and they were stopped at like the one yard line with like five seconds left. So so Army just takes the stab from the one, skittles around in the end zone for a bit and takes the safety. And they and they are they're able to win the game uh, because if they had like fumbled the snap and they Navy had scored a touchdown they win the game but if they gave up two it wasn't a big deal but it, it killed the over under for some people the over under was like twenty seven and a half those that, people out there know what they're doing exactly that I mean, set it from twenty seven to twenty nine and just just a brutal way to lose uh, a bad beat if there ever was it's called one the backdoor beat is that what it's called yeah yeah backdoor cover wow, sometimes backdoor is, cover, yeah exactly right. but yeah the uh, ouch man ouch what a horrible horrible way to go down it's funny too, I, always, I always enjoy the Scott Van Pelt segments on yeah. the bad beats. Yeah. And they always show guys on the sidelines, maybe more in basketball games, and it's a meaningless three-pointer, or miss, and these guys are cheering or or not. Yes. <laughs> and you know which way those guys bet their money. Yep, 100%. So, uh, uh, yeah, all – Always interesting, every play uh, up until the finish. And the, and the NFL, they, they they love that. They they uh-huh. you know they talk about the gambling and all this, but 
but but that is such a part of what drives the mm-hmm. interest in all pro sports leagues. Huge, huge. All right, let's get to our score predictions for this week. I'll go first. Matt will go second. Chap will go third, and we'll uh, uh, we'll end with some uh, some discussion as well. Um, so so I, then I put it on myself to go first, and and I have to come to a come to a conclusion here quickly about so what you I'm going to say. Us through. Exactly. Not 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 too well. I hadn't, but. I, I have no faith in the Steelers offense with a backup quarterback. So like so I think so I do think the Colts uh win this game. Um I'm just trying to figure out how it goes in my head. Um, over under forty two? Yeah, I think I'm going with the under for that. Um uh, I think I think the Colts win I think this might be the, their second most comfortable win uh this year after that uh that Texans game. It's still a game in the fourth because it's low scoring. Uh, but I still think that they get the win over Pittsburgh here. I think it's going to be something along the lines of um, like 20 to 10. We'll, we'll give them 20 points, and they, they hold Pittsburgh to 10. It's one of the – the defense, I think, answers the bell after last week, which was really nasty, and uh, at least the, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd, you'd hope that they would answer the Pittsburgh's bell. Pittsburgh's first play should be a screen. Yeah, just right. Just to see if the Colts paying attention. Exactly, yeah. see if they learned anything from last week. Um, but But – yeah, I, I I don't think the Colts' offense is anything to write home about, but it's enough to win this game, and, and the defense uh, carries the load to uh, to get them to to eight and six on the year, and in better shape than most uh, that everybody else here in the uh, in the in the AFC wildcard picture. So, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to say that the the Colts uh, able to win the turnover battle this week, and but it's still not. I don't I don't even think they're going to break 20 points. Uh, I'm going to go 16 to 13. I think th- they've just had a real hard time getting the ball in the re- in the end zone in the red zone. So I'm going to go 16 13 with the the Colts kind of rebounding from last week's performance. Chat. I'll one up you. I wrote down 17 to 13. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, now I was so sure of the um, I'm so sure of the under like I was when they played Cleveland. Right. What, what, oh, what, yeah. is, what is score? 30, Seventy-seven yeah. or whatever yeah, it was. Thirty-five or whatever. So, but no, I, I just, I just, I, I, I'm not going to have trust in this offense until they can run the ball week to week. And I'm just, I'm just talking 120 yards a game. I'm not talking the 170 or whatever. But until they do that again, for the last five games, they've averaged 62 yards rushing. They can't win that way. Uh, but I do, th- I think the defense. And as little as I trust the defense, I think they do find a way to get pressure. I think they will limit the run game and just don't just don't give up the two or three turnovers because these teams not that good. Not equipped to do it. Seventeen thirteen, and then if if you'd have told anybody in the Colts organization three games to go, we're going to have you eight and six. What do you think? Hundred percent, they'd have bought it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So Before just, the words were out of your mouth, they would have said yes. Right, right. So, uh, and that's what's cool. And it's not being homerish. It's just, it's cool to see a team deal with everybody's. Now, Justin Herbert's now out for the season. Quarterbacks have dropped like flies. I mean, top tier quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. To see these guys do what they've done, somehow find ways when everything says they shouldn't. Go eight and six, and let's see what these last three weeks bring. I do think it's unique that all of us are picking the Colts in spite of the fact that the Colts have lost to the Steelers eight times in a row here. But to be fair, a lot of those were a guy named Roethlisberger throwing the ball. And Antonio Brown. and Yeah, yes. and, and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, uh, out of the backfield. So. They, 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 they had that stretch where it was like six touchdowns, 500 yards passing. Antonio Brown just goes off. Yep. They don't ha- that's, not, that's not this. Mm-mm. And if you've watched Pittsburgh – Yes, it's Pittsburgh, and yes, it's Tomlin's never had a losing record and all this. To lose back-to-back games at home to 2-10 and ten teams, that's really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. It is, and yet they managed to do that right now. So they, they need to pull themselves out of it more than the Colts need to pull themselves out of it right Which now. Which team do you have most faith in doing it? it I, exactly, and we've talked about this we are a couple times establishing culture like Shane Steichen is trying to do and how valuable a – a December that is meaningful football uh, can, can go along the along the lines in in achieving that. Pittsburgh has a culture there, like because Correct. Tomlin has been there for 15 years. They've had bumps and bruises along the way, no doubt. It seems like they're from, from time to time there there are uh, there's drama in, in Pittsburgh, but they're able to come through it and get out the other side. Like what what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that like culture is not the absence of struggle. It is getting through it. 
and and not letting it eat away at a season like it did last year for the Colts is a great example of how things completely spiraled out of control. Now they were not a good team, but they also did not have the culture to pull the, to snap them out of what right. was happening to them down to the stretch. To make a play against Minnesota, it, to, to stop yeah. the bleeding in Dallas in the fourth quarter. It, exactly. Once things went bad. They like, just there's no back. coming back from right. it. Yeah, in, in Pittsburgh, when things go bad, they can come back from it because right. they have the people in charge who who set the right tone and set the right example. And that is why Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He's had a couple eight and eight seasons, but nevertheless, never had a losing season there uh, in Pittsburgh in his 15 years. And that's one reason why Pittsburgh, like they take their guy and they stay with their guy. Like it's been it's it's Mike Tomlin, it's Bill Cower, it's Chuck Knoll. It, it goes that's, back, that's it. and that's I mean, it. Yeah, in in the past, like. 50 years or however much exactly I don't know exactly what the number is but like they have consistency they have people at the top of the organization who know who who can evaluate good leaders and put them in charge and let them make mistakes and get through it and and, and that's like that it's that type of scenario that uh that the Colts weren't before and are trying to be this year under Shane Steichen and trying to build toward something like that in the future that's one thing you know culture culture I mean it, it is something it, it's something and I, I kind of flash back to 2002 when they transitioned to, to Tony Dungy. And they go 10-6, and six and, and they just got boat raced in the playoffs, 41 to nothing at the Jets. But, but you established something with Dungy. I realized the, the talent level was with, the play, with the Colts was just incredible. But the positive reinforcement this team will get and can get Making the play, I don't care what happens in the playoffs. I really don't. But to get a, to get a wild card spot after where they came from last year, they I mean, they blew it up with leadership, except for the GM. And what this what this could do moving forward when you get when you get your your so called top players back next year, when you get Richardson, you get Taylor, and and you get guys healthy again. I don't think we can we can overstate the importance of finishing this, finding a way to get in the playoffs, and then whatever happens happens. But you've really put a foundation down to move forward. And starts this weekend a Saturday afternoon game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, four thirty p.m. once again, airing in Central Indiana on CBS Four. Colts coverage begins at three o'clock with Colts three sixty, moves into Colts Blue Zone, the NFL today, and then kickoff. Like I said, you like Saturday at games? Four thirty. I mean, just. Yeah. Fine, yeah, it's fine. Like it's going to be a busy Saturday for me, just because everything is going on that day. Like I said, Purdue's playing big I game stay, against I Arizona. I stay in my lane. You don't stay in your lane. No, exactly. You, have a lane? you must not have my a lane, lane is sports. It's all of them. Like that, that. That's my lane. Like I have to do high school on Friday nights, and uh, the Fever just got the number one overall pick in is the WNBA cool? draft. So yeah, you, Caitlin Clark's likely coming here to Central Indiana. I have to know a little bit about everything here. You know what's cool is is, and I mentioned this last year, when when the Fever got Boston. You've got these three franchises that have got young mm-hmm. foundations, yep. and boy, you, you, you had the, the girl from Iowa. Yep, that is it's it's just it's all it's all about can can you see something, you know? And we talked about this with with going through all the quarterbacks that this team did. When you finally get that guy that you know, I can see us doing something sustained. And that's what these three three franchises have now with with this guy with this and then Halliburton with the Pacers. No doubt. And for the Colts, uh, next opportunity to to continue moving in that direction is against the Steelers on Saturday afternoon. So for Mike Chapel and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Grothis. We appreciate you listening. Uh, you can read all Mike's work online: fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Again, combined online, we are at Colts Blue Zone on Twitter, and we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.